Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Friendly Rich. I'm back for episode 173. We're taking a wrong turn, but it sure feels right. We're going to dig deep into the work of Kurt Schwitters, the Dadaist movement, and uh, some of the folks that have been performing Schwitters uh, Ursanata, the, 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 the big piece by Schwitters, um, over a hundred years ago, and it's still current. Uh, so we're talking to Christian Book today, and what a what a great way to kick off this deep dive. Um, what a mind! Holy cow! Just sit back, buckle up. You have no idea. Listen, that whole thing I was saying to Bry Webb. I'm glad Bry went along with it, but it was uh, it was it was a load of a hooey. Um, poetry is alive and well. In fact. It's uh, it's coming to a bacteria near you. Listen up. This is exciting stuff. Um, want to thank our friends in Guelph CFRU for uh, playing this thing, streamlining it, playing it uh, every Friday night, uh, 10 p.m. on CFRU. Thank you if you're in Guelph for your listenership. Hope you're enjoying your night. Uh, it's about to get a whole lot more poetic and uh, epic. This is my talk with Christian Book. Gentle listeners, we have got a big guest on, on the podcast today. Uh, welcome back to Industry Tactics. Uh, I'm your loyal host, Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today, whoo, prepare to be dazzled. We are going to do a deep dive. Part of the wrong right turn that we're taking with the podcast is a look uh, over the next little while into this really monumental piece, The Ursonata by Kurt Schwitters, and I'm honored to have the Griffin Prize winning uh, scholar, poet, uh, performer, wizard uh, from Leeds, uh, chiming in from from Leeds is Christian Book. Welcome. Thank you, Friendly Rich. I'm uh, thoroughly pleased to be able to uh, address your listeners today. And what a great pleasure it is to be here on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me to participate in a conversation with you. Uh, what a what a wonderful pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, what is Leeds like? What's the rhythm of the city like? Have you been before? Uh, I've been to Leeds before. Uh, yeah. I have uh, numerous uh, friends in the poetry community here. Okay. Uh, I'm undertaking a position at uh, Leeds Beckett University come uh, January 2024. And wow. I, I'm just here doing chores for immigration. Uh, it's okay. uh, a great pleasure, of course, to have been hired at that institution. And oddly enough, I'm not going to be teaching my typical subject matter uh, in creative writing and poetry. I'm actually going to be addressing students in fine arts. So uh, oh. a new chapter in my academic life uh, where I get to practice some new skills and uh, apply, uh, I don't know, some new pedagogy to my uh, career interests. Look Interesting. Be fun. Yeah, That's exciting. And that's a nice new challenge. Do you... Um... Not to dive into the Schwitters immediately, but will you will you play around with Ursanata in part of that uh, work? Well, uh, part of the reason that I'm hired is uh, they need a, a kind of candidate who's a unicorn uh, with a wide huh. variety of skills, somebody kind of an impossible uh, personality. Uh, I would be addressing, uh, of course, uh, poets on campus uh, in okay. creative writing faculty, but they need somebody also to talk about uh, 21st century concerns in visual arts. I'm very um, immersed in uh, that kind of milieu. In addition to which, I actually am supposed to address uh, students in, in performance and performing arts. Oh, wow. Um, Great. The experience I have uh, yeah. as a performer of poetry, particularly uh, sound poetry, um, is now regarded as a an asset for this particular program. I, I, I have, a, have a particular mixture of skills which seem to be aptly suited to filling a lot of niches very mm -hmm. conveniently for this uh, university. So, um, oh, how exciting! 
it, How it's exciting. good for me and it's and I'm I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I have to I have to admit it's a very optimistic uh, moment for me in my career. Oh, sure. nice nice to hear. Nice to hear Christian. And you are you coming from Australia? Is that where yes, you I were am. last? Uh, okay, wow. Yes, wow. I, I I spent the uh, last six or seven years uh, in Australia, uh, mm-hmm. teaching at two different institutions. Um, I uh, you know, had a, had a interesting experiences in yeah. Australia. It was great uh, to actually get outside of North America and uh, address. Yeah. Um, uh, an academic life, uh, you know, on, on the other side of the planet, really, uh, and uh, uh, feel very uh, proud of uh, my achievements, especially in Darwin, uh, uh, where I worked. But okay. uh, you know, I, sp- wow. I spent time in Melbourne. Uh, I was there during the pandemic. Uh, wow. It was an unpleasant experience, and I'm you know off off yeah. now to yeah. uh, undertake new opportunities uh, in yeah. in Leeds, where I have, in fact, a lot of peers, many friends, and. Uh, you know, numerous people who are excited to have me in their presence. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It's it's nice to meet people through this podcast and other walks that I that I uh, I have the privilege of walking of just where they're at in their lives in their careers. And this sounds like a really rich moment in in your life. Um, uh, yeah, so I hope so. You know. <laughs> Well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, and it's had its ups and downs. It's, it's sure. certainly been a sure. Coaster, that's for sure. What will, what are some of your hopes and dreams for this new position? Is it, uh, if you could talk about it, uh, I'm going to be, uh, teaching, uh, uh, fine arts students, uh, at Leeds Beckett university, uh, in their school of arts, uh, a program that, uh, is, uh, rising in its ranks in the UK very precipitously. Uh, It was an institution that uh, a few years ago was very low ranked, and they have uh, a mission to improve uh, the merits of their uh, uh, research and pedagogy such that they uh, become one of the best uh, institutions for the arts in the UK. Damn. uh, I have to say that in many of the occasions when I've uh, been hired to do something, I've, I've been um, uh, initiated into the job in effort to actually elevate uh, the stature of the institution with my research profile and uh, my capacity to get funding, my yeah. ability yeah. to, you know, I, I don't know, br- you know, bring a, bring a rich um, uh, welter of achievements to yeah. um, the program. Uh, and I like, I like being under those circumstances where I get to help uh, improve uh, an institution. Uh, certainly, when I was in Darwin, uh, I, I helped to found a creative writing program um, in, in Australia in an underserved community uh, in the Northern Territory. Uh, the only university uh, to serve an enormous, a gigantic, very spacious um, state, a, a region of Australia. Mm. Um, uh, that doesn't have access to education very easily and being able, of course, to show up and, uh, build something from scratch in my own image, uh, was How I couldn't do that in North America. Right. Uh, there's right. no place in North America where I could show up and just simply, you know, found something, make something in, you know, in creative writing on my, in my own image. Is that right? Like, is that, is that, that's a, I, that, I, that's, I, a that's a fact. I think, eh? I think most of uh, most creative writing programs in North America are well established. I mean, you can okay. certainly you know improve their stature by showing yeah. up, uh, but uh, you know I can't found something from scratch. I can't learn how to do that. So wow. Wow. for me, that was a wow. uh, an expression of growth. You know, at, at, uh, while working in Canada, I had I think I had reached the pinnacle of my you know, achievements there wasn't going to be a lot of room for learning or growth. And as a consequence, wanted to, uh, uh, you know, indulge an opportunity that would permit me to do something different. Um, uh, And, you know, you make sacrifices in order to, you know, gain some of that um, uh, educational enrichment. Uh, I added value to the institution. Uh, Darwin was, it was really rewarding experience. Uh, Very grateful I got to do it. Wow. And I guess I'm being called upon to do the same kind of thing wow. uh, at Leeds Beckett University. My job is, in fact, to um, uh, help improve its stature by uh, uh, offering innovative, uh, you know, opportunities for students. Uh, I don't know, bringing in wow. funding would, um, you know, advance their program. I, you know, <laughs> I suppose my job is to be a good foot soldier, right? Somebody hands me wow. a rifle and says, wow. take that hill. And, I, you know, I take wow. that hill. Wow. Um, 
Well, it's a it's a it's a very exciting hill. I think I f- I hear the motivation in your voice. I I feel sure, like sure. <clears throat> you know I feel like you're you're up for the challenge and want to do good by it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Always, always. You know, work work very hard. You know, to sure. Uh, sure. Uh, what be a good educator? Uh, your your research. I mean, what um, can you speak a little bit about your your research? Like what some of your areas of interest there? Without I know you you it, that 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 runs deep, but like some of the mm-hmm. the areas you're poking around in, or you've poked around in. Well, um, I describe myself as an experimental poet, and I I probably mean that very literally in the sense uh-huh. that uh, uh, I, I think that one of the at least one of the jobs that poetry has to do is uh, uh, be inventive and innovative uh, uh, with respect to its tradition in such a way that you actually uh, make discoveries, like and I mean epistemological discoveries, like you're trying to discover something new about. The nature of language, uh, the creative process of writing, mm-hmm. uh, and ideally these uh, discoveries should be unprecedented. There should be, uh, you know, some sense of wonderment at the outcome or the result. Um, for the last uh, twenty years, I've been working on uh, a gigantic project, something probably too ambitious for the likes of me to have undertaken. But I'm on the brink of being able wow. to say that I, I'm a, I'm in sight of its conclusion. Uh, wow. I've tried to uh, uh, write a poem, uh, and then through a process of encipherment, uh, convert it into a, a genetic code that um, could be created uh, in the lab. And then subsequently implanted into the genome of an organism so that it would actually uh, uh, be a poem embedded within the living matrix of an actual life form. Um, Now, lots of uh, scientists and artists have actually uh, enciphered information into the genetic codes of organisms. And uh, it would be relatively straightforward to do so. I could have uh, accomplished this task pretty easily even 15 or 20 years ago. But uh, the challenge for me, what constitutes my experimentalism, mm-hmm. uh, originates in this uh, idea that if, if I'm going to put the poem into the organism, I want the organism to actually respond to it, read it. And uh, I've written the poem in such a way that when it's enciphered as a gene, the organism can actually interpret it as a set of instructions for producing a protein in response. And the molecular structure of that protein enciphers a totally different poem that makes perfect sense and actually speaks back to the one I've originally written. So in effect, I'm trying to genetically engineer a bacterium so that it can become not only an archive that stores my poem, but also becomes a machine for writing a poem in response. And nobody's ever done this before. I've, uh, I've managed to demonstrate it's possible to do this, but the punchline to this crazy exercise, this act of mad science mm-hmm. uh, is that I'm trying to engineer an organism that's uh, very resilient uh, to many different kinds of environments. It can survive uh, all kinds of uh, lethalities. You, you, you can scorch it, freeze it, wither it. Oh, and die. Wow. 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 Uh, it can, um, it, it, it uh, repairs its own DNA so quickly uh, yeah. in the face of mutational drift that uh, it doesn't change or evolve. And for this reason, it's kind of a, an evolutionary dead end, but it's already so well adapted to the deadliness of the universe that uh, it doesn't need to evolve. Uh, you know, you can scorch it, you can freeze it, wither it, it won't die. Uh, it can survive uh, a thousand times the dosage of gamma radiation that would instantly kill you. It can survive in the open vacuum of outer space. Wow. Why the recruited is one of the most unkillable things ever to exist. And by putting my poem into this particular bacterium, I would be effectively writing a book that might outlast terrestrial civilization and be on the Uh planet Earth when Uh the sun explodes. So in effect, I'm trying to write a a book, an extensive poetic book that that lasts forever. Yes. That's the kind of experiment I think that, you know, poets should aspire to do, like something as ambitious as that. I mean, this project is very idiosyncratic, but that's what I mean when I say I'm an experimental poet. I really do want to do experiment like experiments that are that are going to be tangibly strange yeah. that produce results that are yeah. uh, exciting uh that there's a you know an, a whiff of the infernal about it there's something uh yes. sublime right that are, are uh, you um 
there's a lot to unpack there, Christian. Are you, are, are, when you began on this journey, how many years ago did you say it was through? I started in 2002, earnestly okay. trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, and of course, you know, I had to teach myself a lot of uh, science. I had to teach myself genetic engineering and proteomic yeah. engineering. I had to uh, learn. Okay, so you're... Yeah. you're t- you're 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 on that path of uh, that's your brain eh? like you 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 need to know that stuff and and you're i'm assuming you're through your university affiliations collaborating with anyone in, in that field as well but it crosses over does it yeah uh, that's it, the project is of course interdisciplinary it's sure across it many, many disciplines um uh, what i would like to think that you know we, artists live right now in a in a new renaissance uh, where they really are encouraged to uh, have a diverse variety of skills at their disposal right that every one of us should be aspiring to be a kind of da vinci right with a with a highly restless intelligence that's capable of crossing a whole variety of different disciplines simultaneously yeah. so i'm certainly aspiring to do that as an artist and respond wow respond very directly to the, you know, socio-technological circumstances of my life as a poet in the 21st century, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know there's, I mean, we live in a science fiction future already and yeah. um, po- poetry hasn't, I think uh, very quickly or very aptly adapted itself to many of the affordances that we now have. So in, in this particular wow. project, it was just a response to, you know, a, a, a kind of idle, dream about um you know what it would take for us to preserve our heritage our cultural heritage yeah against yeah. uh planetary disasters you know that's where it's that's the crux of it yeah yeah that's, wow. the, that's one of the cruxes of it certainly wow. one of the important wow. cruxes of it. it you know how what role would poetry have to play in the preservation of our civilization and we know it plays an important role mm-hmm. uh at least insofar as you know, we we understand something of, of the mind of uh, ancient uh, Bronze Age, you know, Greek warriors, right? Uh, yeah. That we, we, yeah. we actually have some insight into their uh, cultural attitudes, uh, mm-hmm. as weird as they are, uh, because those ideas have been preserved for five to 10,000 years. I mean, we have some idea about, you know, how, how um, minds, you know, thousands of years ago thought, in part because, you know, they, they wrote poetry to preserve yeah. it. You know? Wow. And... Uh, similarly, I, I'm hoping that poetry might 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 address something like our, the deep time of our relationship to the cosmos, our long term life in the universe. You know, our you know, in the face of our current fears of our own extinction, and all of that uh, constitutes something I think uh, important themes or motifs that you know that characterize our life. You know, in the in the 21st century. Wow. So, so when when people ask me what kind of poet is, I'm that kind of poet, and this yeah. kind of poet would that would uh, try to try to imagine something big, like like a moonshot, yeah. right? So let's yeah. let's let's do something in poetry wow. that would wow. that would be like trying to get to the moon in 10 years, like do something, be, be aspirational, be ambitious. Yeah, you know? I love it. I love your 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 brain. Um, so you you plant this thing into a. You said into a into into a bacteria. You, what what is the is the piece written? Is the is the book? Yeah, written? yeah the the, uh, the the two poems. Uh, the poem that I've written and the poem the organism writes in response. Oh, those are those are written. Um, I I completed them. I think wow. around uh, twenty fifteen. I figured out how to do that. Wild. Uh, uh, they're written according to a very, very difficult constraint. Um, I, in, I didn't expect it to be so difficult to write mm-hmm. two poems uh, according to these kinds of um, biochemical constraints. Uh, I spent four years doing it, 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 and I didn't write anything else for four years. I, Beautiful. I, Beautiful. I did not write anything else. I, I wrote no, not a single word of poetry. Wow. I dedicated my entire kind of academic life all of my creative effort. How beautiful to these two to these two little poems, and they're very they're very how little how little how little they're short. Um, uh, they're like sonnets. Um, okay, they're not long. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, they they don't take up uh, much space. Uh, yeah, but uh, they they had the, the wild thing is that if I wanted to give people some insight into how yeah, challenging, please, please, please. Okay, so um, uh, the. the 
I don't know if you ever uh, uh, tried to, to do the little cryptograms you see in maybe Sunday newspapers where they sure. give you a coded message. And if you look at this nonsensical sequence of letters and you analyze the letter patterns and letter yeah. frequencies and through some you know educated guesswork, you might be able to decipher this meaningless sequence of letters into a meaningful message, yeah. usually some little punchline, a joke or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, uh, as a young kid solving these little puzzles, uh, yeah. I used to wonder why the designers of the puzzles didn't actually give us a meaningful message that through an analysis of its letter patterns and letter yeah. frequencies would allow yeah. us to decipher it into an intended message that would yeah. be no less meaningful, right? Like, okay, a, got now, it. Now, here's the thing is that I now, I now know why they didn't do that. <laughs> um, uh Imagine pairing off all the letters of the alphabet so they're mutually encoded. Yeah. Uh, so if you assign, say, A to uh, T, you assign T to A. If you assign N to H, you assign H to N. If you assign yeah. E to Y, you assign Y to E or something. Yeah. Like Just pair off all the letters of the alphabet yeah. so they're mutually encoded. Uh, now, uh, you know, there's about 8 trillion ways of doing that. There's, uh, I, th- I think it's about 8 trillion. Whoa. Uh, just shy of 8 trillion ways to do that. Now pick out of one of those 8 trillion possibilities um, a cipher that you think might be useful okay. and uh, write a poem that makes sense and is beautiful yeah. in such a way that if you were to swap out every letter from that poem and replace yeah. it with its cognate from your cipher, you yeah. produce a new poem that makes sense and is just as beautiful. Um and as it turns out, out of all of the 8 trillion possibilities at your disposal, almost none of them actually work poetically. You can't, you can't do this exercise. It won't work. Um, and as it turns out, uh, I managed to find the only example that uh, does something interesting poetically. And it just so happens that the poem that I would write, uh, using this very limited vocabulary, says something kind of Orphic. It speaks in the voice of Orpheus about the creation of poetry. Mm-hmm. And the poem that the organism can write in response, using this particular constraint, uh, gets written in the voice of Eurydice and seems to say something about uh, the decreation of poetry. It's, it's a wow. refutation of the Orphic statement. And the two poems are in perfect dialogue. They have this kind of infernal uh, relationship to each other by virtue of this relation, you know, by virtue of this allusion to uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, t- to me, there's something weird about this uh, because uh, I don't know, like in in the Milky Way, there are, there are billions of stars, meaning that there's probably trillions of, of worlds around mm-hmm. them. And uh, of those eight trillion supposed you know worlds in the Milky Way, you know, none of them, so far as we can tell, probably bear life, right? So, you know, like everything looks like a desert, no matter how far we look out. Yeah. If you know, if there was any you know expression of intelligence uh, in our galaxy, it'd probably be pretty obvious and uh, immediately visible, but it's um, it's not. Uh, and uh, similarly, in this, you know. Uh, a project there are eight trillion kind of little worlds where poetry could exist but don't doesn't mm. doesn't exist there. Mm. there's only one right uh mm. where you can say anything meaningful or intelligible and to me this this speaks a little bit perhaps allegorically to the yeah. fragility of you know life upon our own planet it seems to be like an immense exception mm. right in all the possibilities wow. at your disposal wow. and similarly you know uh, you know, we, we see, we see ourselves and we see, you know, po- the, you know, the only place in the cosmos where poetry appears to occur <laughs> right, is here yeah, on yeah, planet earth, yeah. because we're the only place where living things get yeah, to be. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I'd like to think that, that this work, uh, says something, yeah. uh, to, to that condition. It speaks to that condition, at, le- at least allegorically, it points okay. to that. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And uh epic like like seriously like i just love the amount of time that you put in these four years of just working on this thing like you're you're at that stage in in your career hey like you're you're making it count 
Uh, well, it, it, I wouldn't have said I was in that stage of my career, uh, you know, back in 2002 when I embarked yeah. upon this. I, yeah. I, I didn't realize how difficult yeah. it would be. That's for sure. Sick. That's beautiful. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I might note that, uh, yeah. you know, we don't live in an age that seems uh, receptive to the epic in poetry, right? Like, like if, if we... For, for sure. Like we live in an age where, you know, the lyric... Uh, kind of individual sentiment prevails, right? That that's a yeah. uh, you know kind of the historical condition of our circumstance right now. People want to write about their personal experience and and are not likely, I think, to address very um, uh, capaciously the uh, experience of the epic. I, probably the last epic moment, you know, in the history of certainly of English literature might be Paradise Lost. Maybe that's that's where it stops. Yeah. You know, there's not there's not a great deal of epic poetry. Yeah. Uh, uh, Albeit, you know, they occur earlier, you know, immensely wonderful, you know, poems uh, in the tradition of literature. Yeah. Now, uh, for whatever reason, we don't seem to have that. And I don't understand that because, you know, certainly in the 20th century. Yeah. There are epic things to write about. Um, my first memory uh, that I can date, uh, I was just shy, just a few weeks shy of my third birthday. Mm-hmm. And I can I know that this memory is my earliest memory that I can at least date. I, I know when it occurred uh, is moon landing. And uh, mm-hmm. to me, that's a that's a that's a really weird you know memory I can, yeah. I can say is the first one. Yeah. To me, that's tantamount to saying my first memory is is watching a lungfish, you know, kind of hop out of the ocean for the first time, right? Like it's like like that kind of moment in the history of Darwinian evolution when things finally climbed out of the ocean and flopped yeah. around on the land for a while. Yeah. Uh I mean those are the first astronauts, you know, on the earth, yeah. right? Are those yeah, those yeah, yeah. organisms yeah. that managed somehow to send how to get onto the land. And uh uh the the moon landing is the, is is one of the greatest things that has ever happened uh probably the greatest thing that that life has achieved in its evolution mm-hmm. so like today i would say you know getting out off planet earth deliberately and you know landing on another world setting foot on another world is probably the biggest thing uh that that the trajectory of evolution has produced is probably the most important event so far like you know it's, yeah it, it yeah. suggests a, a future in which we actually get to occupy you know, the stars, we get to, we yeah. get to, um, yeah. uh, visit, uh, other worlds, not just our own. We're not confined, right. To the gravity well of our own, you know, yeah. kind of prison planet, right. Like we're here, you know, finally capable of, of exploring uh, beyond it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that story, say of the moon landing, I can tell you if, you know, the ancient Greeks had, you know, wrote yeah. a tribe to the moon, right. There would be a 12 volume epic poem about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, as it stands right now, yeah. you know, one of the greatest poems that we've ever written is really just a, you know, a bunch of pirates going to rescue a fishwife, right. From a fort, you know, <laughs> in the Middle East. And, and right. Uh, right. Uh, they, you know, they thought that was so important as it, you know, to warrant a 12 volume, you know, memorized epic. And yet in a, in the, 20, 20th century, there's no poets who've written a canonically important poem about the moon landing. It's it, like a, a, an epic thing, a truly like a mythological thing. Interesting. In the 20th century, we've had real, honest to God, intercontinental battles in which divine power has been, you know, yeah. ex- exerted, right? You know, yeah. the atomic yeah. weapons, right? Like just, every, yes. just yes. Immense, immense power and extraterrestrial voyages, right? Really godlike events have occurred in the 20th 20th century and there's no poems about it is this uh there's nothing there (laughs) is this is this a plea to uh to bring it's a plea let me tell you it's certainly a plea to my peers please please like you know uh, get epic get epic like get epic like there's 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 something epic about the human never been a better time right now like certainly in the last hundred years yeah something really epic about our achievements i love it and uh you know, we, we, we don't pay attention. The poets aren't paying attention to it in a manner which is yeah. consistent with behavior in the past. Like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, we, we really worked hard to, to, uh, memorialize these achievements. Uh, um, if you're, if you're listening, uh, we're at the halfway point with our welterweight slugger here. We are with, uh, like, a a serious mind Christian book. We are honored to have you. 
I'm going to change gears now as we Absolutely. Have, as we as we delve into. And by the way, don't listen to gentle readers. If you're gentle listeners, rather, if you're listening to one episode 172, where some bozo made the statement that the modern day poet, like, where are the modern day poets? We found, <laughs> we found the modern day poet in Christian book. A poetry is alive and well. I don't know who that bozo was in that episode that claimed otherwise, but listen, we are here to dance the dance three-legged, and we want to dance sure. the dance. Uh, what is your relationship? We talk, uh, we, you, the the first half of this interview has been wrapped around the, this this idea of time and 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 uh and just the staying power of a lot of these art forms can you talk a little bit about the ursonata and why you think it should be examined admired performed even a uh, hundred years later now that we're into it sure uh the ursonata is a poem uh composed by the uh, german painter uh kirchfitters um, it's structured uh, just like a classical sonata, except that uh, all of the uh, musical uh, experiences are intoned by the human voice using uh, nonsensical sound effects. So there's no words in it at all. Yeah, it, it just consists of uh, phonemic phrases. So it's it's effectively a very long nonsense poem. Yes. That uh, benefits from uh, a classical musical structure that uh, makes it intelligible to a listener, I think. Um, the work is uh, a singularity in the history of poetry. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, certainly appreciated among uh, musicians and uh, exponents of avant-garde art. Um, it's probably not as well known as it should be among, uh, poets. Uh, I mean, poets are always surprised by it every time mm -hmm. I end up performing it. Interesting. Uh, uh, but, but it, it, it constitutes, it constitutes a, a really important limit case in the history of poetry. Mm -hmm. The 20th century's, uh, relationship to poetry, at least among the avant-garde is, is, is probably uh, uh, corrosive or destructive or uh, soluble. Like, it's like we're, we're trying to um, correct for what poets perceive as the corruption of language. Uh, you know, the the early 20th century sees the most civilized countries in the world, uh, the most, you know, the greatest empires that have ever appeared on the planet mm. devolve into the greatest barbarity. And mm. despite despite their uh, highly civilized achievements mm -hmm. uh, in language and in, in the arts. And artists for this reason, I think, have um, uh, you know, legitimate uh, you know, claims to outrage about it and want to start from scratch. They want to rebuild the culture from its most elemental parts. And uh, poets like uh, Kurt Schwitters felt that uh, classic lyrical poetry mm. has failed us. You know, mm. it doesn't uh, doesn't respond to the these circumstances of our uh, dissolution, right? The the you know the 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 um, disintegration of our you know very certified values, and as a consequence, we have to we have to figure out how to um, start over. So in starting over, of course, means kind of going back to a primordial understanding yeah. of language, yeah. pre linguistic, almost, uh, uh, infantile experience of language. Uh, we'll, we'll experiment, you know, writing poetry that no longer makes explicit sense. It doesn't convey, you know, ostensible messages, doesn't, uh, participate in the formula of, um, of, uh, uh historical uh genres and it, it does something completely different um and the the, the work is, is is kind of wonderful certainly the ursonata is a is a is a magical work mm -hmm. um now I, I don't know if these stories are apocryphal but uh you know my my understanding is that schwitters would perform this work in front of you know, a bourgeois audience in salons like it, 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 yeah. you know, a small yeah. community of people sitting in chairs in a yeah you know, at, a, at some, some social event. And uh, he delivered his reading of it. Uh, and initially the bourgeoisie affluent, you know, burgermeisters, you know, of the community um, 
lampooned him. They 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 thought it was silly. They they mm-hmm. jeered him while he was reading it. But he very gamely and insistently mm-hmm. continued to perform uh, through their uh, skepticism mm-hmm. until eventually they grew quiet. And he then you know began to respond uh, with sentimental emotion, right? Starting to uh, okay. weep, you know, like they, they became enchanted by it, mm-hmm. um, uh, recognizing that it that it wasn't it's not a silly thing that he's done here. It's actually right. quite, it's quite right. extraordinary. There's some, there's, there's a lot of wonderment in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, for a lot of poets constitutes a limit case uh, of, yeah. like, of a semantic, like asemic poetry, meaningless writing. Yeah. And it, uh, it's difficult to perform. So there's uh, yeah. an element of virtuosity and athleticism. Yeah in rendering it yeah it's very difficult to read um it's based on uh on a, a kind of um a meaningless signage that schwitters apparently you know saw from one of his daughter's colleagues in a sign shop just a arrangement of random type um uh and he looks at this uh, uh grouping of sounds as uh, a musical riff that can be permuted and um, um, uh, extrapolate, you can extrapolate from it. He exfoliates upon it. Like he, he he builds musical structures out of it. Yeah. And uh, normally this work takes about maybe 40 minutes to perform in its entirety. Yeah. Normally performed with a kind of incantatory, almost liturgical tone Uh, to hear Schwitters read it himself is like listening in my mind to Martian opera or something. It's a little bird songs and Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very wonderful. Uh, For a while, I I was one of the few people on the planet who could read it from memory. And I used to perform it uh, in less than 10 minutes. I'd perform it about four times the speed at which you would normally read it. It's it's not designed for that. It's it, that it, it's it's a stupid human trick. I'm trying to do something that was considered a, a death metal version of the right. work. It's not right. something that was a, a little more um, virtuoso in its um, uh, performance. But it's it, it the, the work. The, there are many variations of this work. Yeah. People have performed it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lot, lots of great artists have have responded to it. Uh, it's honestly, I think it's like listening to classical music. Everybody yeah. adds value to it when they yeah. when they do it. Uh, it's really a very wonderful thing. Now, for the benefit of your um, listeners, I I can at least give you the opening riffs of it. I can tell you what the what the let's do it the foundational sounds are and. Um, uh, the, 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 the bit of type that he's yeah. responding to is so it's like, it's just a nonsensical sequence of letters that are in a, in a type case that are in a, in a, in a you know, randomly arranged in a, in a signage followed by the sounds like, like these, these little sound effects. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, um, now I, I have to apologize for the, to, to listeners. I, I, I regret that I, I, I'm missing my eyeglasses and as a consequence may not be able to read the score very adequately. So I hope that I can actually do something, uh, uh adequate from it. Dil rebeba, dil rebeba fumspa, rebeba fumspava, beba fumspavate, be fumspavatetse, fumspavatetse u, fumspavatetse u, pagif kvie, didis r ee impuftiv totiluka, rinske de baby and skermu, tsu and tsu and skermu, rek de baby. So that's the opening. Okay, yeah, now it goes yeah. on like that. Yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like just, just doing those sound effects. Yeah. yeah 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And what you hear there are all of the motifs. Like those okay. are all of the okay. various okay. little phrases. Okay. And Schwitters does a very beautiful job of arranging each one of these individual lines of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, permuting those sound effects in such a way that they become music. You can hear the violins, you can hear yeah. the, yeah. the woodwinds. Uh, you know, he, he, 
accents and emphasizes, you know, these little solos of sound that uh, recur in this musical structure that is very well established in the history of classical music. It, it, it's a sonata. It really is um, a sonata that you speak aloud. Uh, it, it, you could imagine somebody, I think, uh, beatboxing a sonata, yeah. right? Yeah. You could imagine somebody, you know, articulating some percussive bit of music, that, you know, which we see all the time. I would say yeah. this is, this would be, you know, for a modern listener, this is something akin to beatboxing. Yeah. Avant Electra. Like it's well okay. before, right? Okay. It's like, it's, like it would yeah. be a classical musical version. Yes. Of that, yes. Uh, that's right? an interesting take. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you come to it and who taught you how, how to, how to perform it? Well, when I was a young man uh, in graduate school, and uh, decided that I wanted to uh, become an experimental poet. I was going to become an aficionado of the avant-garde. I wanted to be okay. a, the, the best connoisseur of the avant-garde I could be. Okay. And uh, in the history of, of avant-garde poetry, there are these moments of asemic poetry. Um, uh, it, certainly in the early 20th century, made famous by the Dadaist poets, Schitters yeah. was a German Dadaist and uh, the creator of his own specialized movement called Merz. Um, and uh, I was exposed to the work of the Dadaists early in my graduate studies. Mm. I was a bit disappointed as a poet to discover that there was this entire secret tradition of literary mm. history that had been denied me in my undergraduate training. And I felt I felt appalled by that. I was really upset that there was a, uh, this entire wealth of writing that uh, nobody had a, a deigned to show me. And at the time, you know, I graduated with my undergraduate degree in English literature thinking uh, that I had a relatively comprehensive exposure yeah. to the artistic tradition and to discover yeah. that, in fact, no, uh, you know, you've missed out on a giant portion of it struck me as a crime. I was very irritated Love by it. that. Love it. Um, so I, I, because I just wanted to be immersed in it, I wanted to understand that tradition as well as I could. I became yeah. as adept in understanding each of these various schools and movements across wow. uh, that tradition. And I, I regarded that as merely dutiful. Okay. And as a consequence, wanted to teach myself how to perform these uh, works of wow. uh, uh, phonic poetry, of sound yeah. poetry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I figured that, hell, if I'm going to learn how to do it, I might as well learn how to do the hardest one first, right? There you go. Uh, um, climb the mountain. And, yeah, climb the mountain, do the, do the hardest one. The climb, the death metal, climb the death metal mountain. Yeah, do the hardest one. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's difficult. Uh, uh, one, one of the challenging things for me was that I had to learn how to roll my R's. Yeah, uh, there are sections of this poem where you have to be able to sustain this this little motorized noise, yeah. this little yeah. sound uh, for as long as thirty seconds at a time. You have to be uh -huh. able to make that noise, uh -huh. you know, for a very prolonged amount of time. And I couldn't make that noise. Um, you know, as a young man, uh, it took a couple of months of really juvenile, infantile yeah. Yeah. Uh, experimentation yeah, to yeah, rediscover yeah. that sound yeah. and figure out how to articulate it. Uh, so, you know, after, after learning how to do this, I managed to commit it to memory. I would occasionally perform it, uh, you know, as a stupid human trick at, you know, public readings, you know, it, it was, you know, always a crowd pleaser. People were impressed by, by it, even if they didn't, you know, understand it, or yeah. even if they, I would say that people would have to respond with respect, even if they disliked yeah. the aesthetic yeah. that they, they understood there was some virtuosity in its, yeah. in its addition. It's, it's not easy to, to perform. But, uh, you know, I learned I learned a, 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 a rich repertoire of yeah. artist sound poetry. Wow. Um, there's only a handful of practitioners in the world uh, who sustain it. So, you know, yeah. there's a kind of what uh, cultural duty, I suppose, as a yeah, yeah. Yeah. to, you know, keep that particular, you know, dying language alive, despite, you know, its threat of mm -hmm. extinction, you know, try to try mm -hmm. to promote it or inspire others to learn it or at the very least at the very least to do something that that yeah. Um, yeah. would distinguish me from my peers right you know okay. if somebody's going up and reading about their divorce or you know uh, yeah the beauty yeah. of the natural natural landscape and then suddenly i get to go up and you know read a, read a poem that's yeah. nonsensical <laughs> uh that that um uh, i thought i was doing something dutiful it was i was sure. maintaining maintaining sure. a tradition that had um 
that had some risk of of disappearing. Just, just really because there's not a lot of practitioners of it. That's all. And um, that's charming. No, no, no. I, I you spoke earlier about constraints uh, in your own work, and that mm-hmm. that was something that I wanted to follow up on because. Um, the Ursonata, you know, it's it, you called it a non it's a nonsense poem, right? And uh you know, you've marked constraints as a generative strategy in your poetry. I wonder how how do you tie the two of those together, um in terms of constraints. Well, well there's um, there's lots and lots of ways to be a poet. And there's uh, like po- poetry is a way of accenting features of language mm. that um go ignored if you pay attention only to meaning uh like like that would be that would be one way of understanding poetry it it it, it it's um it's a, a relationship to language that's not necessarily predicated on the transactional character of meaningful expression like like, like it's possible to, of course to say very important and meaningful things in poetry it's just that it's not it's not the primary motive for doing it like in my in my opinion if you if you have something to say you can just simply say it you don't need to write a poem about it. I, I occasionally have students who say, like, you know, I'm, I'm a poet because I have so many important things to say. And I'd say, if you had these important things to say, the proper venue for doing so would be a press conference, right? Like, there, like that would really be where it mattered, right? right? I mean, if you're going to express something important in the form of a poem, well, that's like sending it straight to the elephant graveyard, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's going to die in obscurity there, surely. No, po- poetry is a place where where you get to uh, you get to use language. Language is on holiday. Lang- language is or nice. out of work, right? It's like on welfare. Like it's yeah. no longer recruited to mean something. It's not doing its it's not doing okay. its job. It's doing something yeah. else. We we we're allowing it to take a vacation from mm. from meaningful expression. Mm. And the the mm. most extreme case of this would be something like the Sonata, where you know we're we're enjoying the sound effects of language mm-hmm. denuded of meaningful expression uh it reverts to uh all of the kind of primordial sounds of 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 infantile expression i mean it's called the ursonata because that word ur suggests something that precedes sound right it's 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 sounds before sound it's a sonata mm-hmm. that precedes the invention of music or or a, a the invention of poetic expression. Right? Now, I, read, I, I read somewhere that it was the alphabet backwards, but that's not true. Well, uh, there's a point at which uh, he recites, uh, Schroeder's does in fact recite, it's a conclusion. You in recite it? the alphabet okay. backwards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a point where you recite the alphabet backwards, albeit in German. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so okay. to an English speaker, it sounds, it sounds, uh, uh, you know, nonsensical, okay. but it, it's true that, 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 that the, the conclusion is this is the alphabet backwards. Mm. That, that That's, that's the kind of music, musical statement at the end. It's that, okay. that, that, that we're, we're trying to unravel wow. the alphabet, right? We're, we're going to unknot language. Uh, I don't know. It's Repeat. so heavy in the experimentation and the, like the data is man, like, they had it going. I talked to Luciano Kessa, who's like yeah. the Luigi Russolo expert on this podcast. And and it kind of, yeah. there's such a correlation between this discussion and that, like in terms of the, what was going on? Well, I know what was going on in their time. It was uh war, bloody war times, right? Like sure. it was not, it was not a peaceful, tranquil yeah, and, time. And uh, language was being used uh, in a corrupt manner, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, it's propaganda, yes. Lang- yes. language. Yes. Language um, yeah, yeah. Uh, spouts cliches. It, uh, yeah, it, yeah. it it's Lies. a conformity machine. It, right, it right. transforms us into uh, um, uh, standardized citizens. Like that's you know, it, it doesn't enable the maverick uh, attitudes and imaginative uh, sensations of mm-hmm. you know of, of the artistic imag- of the artistic um, uh, you know sensibility. So yeah. Uh, how how do we how do we rejuvenate the language poetry? I think shows up yeah you know to to reinvigorate our you know our experience the language tries mm-hmm. to reinvent it every time you know mm-hmm. like every poem kind of has a job you know yeah for perhaps, perhaps fundamentally to do that um mm-hmm. and uh, uh there's a there, I, I would say there's noisiness in language in in poetry that that something yeah. like the Ursonata, dis- yeah. despite all of its musical structure yeah a lot of people will just look at this work and and uh, suggest that it's nothing more than noise because it right. has no signal, right? There's no right. meaningfulness in it. Right. It's, right. it's not transmitting right. a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and to me, you know, I, I like I like 
uh, T.S. Eliot's uh, assessment when he was, you know, he was once asked, you know, his poetry early in his career was certainly very difficult to appreciate, difficult to understand, certainly for modern readers at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, a, it might be an apocryphal story in which uh, he was asked uh, uh, what his poems meant. And he, of course, responded, I don't know. And surely that's a forfeiture, right? Like, you know, like a poet yeah. should know what their poems mean. Right, right, right. But he, I think, very honestly said, I don't know. And the interviewer was appalled by this answer. And he said, well, look, you know, um, meaning is the meat that the burglar throws to the dog. And I love this definition cool. of meaning. Um, it suggests uh, that, you know, in order for you to really appreciate a poem, if like at least at one level, uh, yeah. you know, the poet will try to, transmit something or convey uh, a sentiment uh, that's sensible, but really that's a distraction, right? We're trying to distract the dog so that, you know, we can do other things. Like we're trying to, we're trying to do something a little more surreptitious or um, sub- subliminal, right? Like, like right, trying to right. try to do something um, right. more occult, right? In the poem. Yes. Yes. And w- whatever it might be, it, whatever we're, we're up to, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the meaningfulness of the work is maybe uh, a, a blind, a, dist- yeah. a distraction. Yeah. Um, Not non- better. Even better yeah. Yeah. is the definition of meaning by Georges Bataille. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 he describes poetry as that species of sacrifice in which meaning is the victim. And I like this idea. I like this idea as well is that po- yeah. poetry, you know, shows up pretty much, you know, to take meaning to the top of the ziggurat in the Aztec culture and stab it through the heart. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know to rejuvenate the world, right? Like subversive to, as it comes. Sure right? that there's a new crop, there's yeah. a new harvest next year, yeah. or something like that. Right? Yeah. There's, there's something, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that. that, yeah. that that you, you 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 say a lot like poets are allowed to say the most nonsensical dumbest right. Right. stuff and get right. away with right. it right 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 we don't let politicians get away with saying you know the nonsense that poets get to say yeah. right yeah. we don't let a lot of people get away with it but yeah. poets are allowed to say yeah just a lot of really weird bullshit yeah right well i love that um we could go for hours but it's been a, a true honor to sit here and and wax poetic with one mm-hmm. of the greats. Um, one last question for you, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But uh, mm-hmm. can you speak to how the Ursinata has informed, or or Schwitters, that whole movement really has informed y- your work, your your path? Oh well, in, uh, of course, I, I regard this poem as especially the Ursinata is especially uh, uh, significant to me. I, 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 just like a lot of other limit cases in the history of poetry, I look at I look at the limit cases as important. I founded a poetry movement that cares only about the limit cases in poetry. The moment in those in the history of poetry when somebody says that's not a poem, that's not poetry. That's the moment when I perk up and go, wait a second. All right, why not? Let's take a look. I want to. I, we, we inspect that a lot cl- more closely. The very moment when somebody tells me something's not poetic. That's the that's uh, uh, almost certainly they're wrong. Like that, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like, that, that like that's been my experience. I would say almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. Wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. say that thing's not a poem or that thing's not poetic, I'd say yeah. you're probably not. You're probably you're probably not looking at it closely enough. Right. But um, uh, the something like there's not a uh, grants you permissions. Like like the, what, one of the great things about the, the avant garde is that it offers us uh, permissions. Uh, it it suggests that um, uh, you can't make mistakes. You know, it suggests the degree to which uh, you should explore and uh, mm-hmm. take a risk. You know, the costs of, of taking a risk are low, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this art form. Poetry, poetry is probably the one place where, you know, you don't the outlay of capital and time and energy is pretty low. I mean, you don't need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if I want to learn how to play the violin, yeah, uh, I have to buy a violin and I have to take some lessons. Yeah, and if I suck at it, like it, people are going to hurl tomatoes at me, right? Like it's <laughs> like there's risk attached yeah. to yeah, yeah. that exercise. There's much, much less risk to being a poet. Like right. you know, you don't, it doesn't require an immense outlay of capital, time, and energy to participate, like to to make a contribution. But for this reason, I think it also implies that you should take the biggest risks possible. Like like because the investment is low, you should try to do the weirdest thing possible. The mm strangest thing possible like the the thing that makes you scared 
you know, most try that, like, like, or, or the thing that somebody's dismissed as your weakest, you know, like your, the, the flawed aspect of your, you know, character, like say, no, you should, you should try that because the risk is low. And certainly something like the Sonata, it's an improbable, you know, moment in the history of yeah. poetry. It, yeah. it, it, and for this reason, I say it, it just grants me permissions. I learned, I, I would learn that from this work. I'd say, yeah. okay, you can try anything. God, like, yeah, some that's really beautiful. Right. Somebody did this. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and made an important contribution. Like it's, it's, it's considered exceptionally valuable, at least in the history of music. Like many, uh, you know, musicians note that this particular work is immensely important. Poets, you know, I, I, yeah. I, uh, I there's a lot of philistinic and parochial behavior among poets. So there's a lot of poets who might, might f- look with skepticism upon this work. Right. And I think they too have a, an immense amount to learn from it, at least insofar as they understand that it grants you certain permissions. It, it, nice. it suggests the degree to which um, poetry is open, uh, limitless, uh, unbounded, and that, um, you know, you have a lot of room to maneuver. Um, it, it strikes me as weird that there's an immensely, what, confining or um, uh, uh, miniaturizing, uh, you know, attitude among, among poets, that, that they want to re- make sure that poetry subscribes to the, a very narrow set of parameters yeah um, yeah uh, that, that are ideologically informed or I don't know, or, or formalistically informed right that about you know from which you cannot depart right yeah you know you have to you have to have the same ideas or the same politics or the same aesthetics yeah. That's same, right right you know same you know uh, generic concerns and um despite the fact that we keep encouraging poets to find their own voice they all sound the same and I would be going oh surely surely you know, yeah. finding your own voice means that each of one of us, each one of us, would be a singularity. We would be so idiosyncratic as to be identifiable, uh, you know, <laughs> as identifiable as our own proper names, right? Like, yeah. like it, we, you would be, you would be immediately noteworthy right? Right. if you were speaking your own truth and your own voice. You yeah. Know, at greatest risk at your own, you know, at the, at the bounds of your own achievement. Surely, surely we would we would look upon you with an admiration for doing mm. for 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 the maverick quality of your contribution wow there you have it we did it we just go. we just <laughs> we just went toe to toe with a a slugger a heavyweight not a welterweight but i was trying to say heavyweight but i'm not up to my boxing uh uh i would say that technically uh given my physique uh, for all listeners out there I'm a, a welterweight okay <laughs> we went toe-to-toe with a welterweight no no that was an absolute pleasure thank you christian for sharing and where can uh, i appreciate learn- your willingness to allow yeah. me to uh expostulate and you know with with such verbosity uh, oh just, it was fantastic yeah. i just sat back and and i wish i had the wine christian's drinking a little bit of wine over there and leads uh representing yeah uh, but but salute to you. And uh, where can people learn more about your work? Where can they check out you performing? Oh, uh, 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 I'm certainly a, a, a random search on the web will yeah. you know yeah. probably direct you to um, uh, my work just under yeah. you know the search term Christian B O K. Do it. Um, but uh, my uh, website, yes, uh, is umlaut. That's U M L A U T. Just like yeah. the little bit of punctuation that appears over the letter in my last name yes umlautmachine.net cool and you can find uh you can find my work on uh that website uh, uh until recently there was a store there's um okay. a rich uh welter of material uh, available there uh, performances uh examples of poetry um uh, you know it's uh, artworks okay uh, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty um uh, a substantive uh, representation of, of of work that's that's you know collated there, and um, uh, if you're curious, if you're interested, I'd be delighted that you, you know for you to show up and um, learn more about my practice. Um, uh, you know, it's about about twenty thirty years of of effort appears on that website. What a delight to to hear you uh, speak about it, and I've I've seen you perform the Ursonata before. It was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it have been at open ears? Am, am I? Am uh, I it would have been at open ears. Yeah, yeah. that it, yeah. It, 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 that would be the most uh, yeah. recent performance I did in yeah. uh, maybe in yeah. what around Toronto, probably yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very, uh, very. It's, moving. it's it's been a while. It's uh, yeah. you know, occasionally get called to do it. 
uh, <laughs> I have to admit that I, I can't do it from memory as quickly as I used to. Yeah, I used to, be able to do it from memory in less than ten minutes. But time and alcohol have begun to take their toll upon me. <laughs> I, I, I hesitate to perform it uh, yeah. except yeah. for the score. I'd like, like I have to have yeah. it probably sitting in front yeah. of me to be able to, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to do it well. Yeah, very cool. Well, all the best to you, my friend. Thank you so much for making time. It's really great. Rich, I am very uh, grateful for your willingness to have me on the show. And uh, thank you to your listeners for indulging me uh, with, uh, with their time and attention. Cheers. Was that not amazing? Thank you so much, Christian, for starting this uh, new... I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen over time. We're going to try to chip away at some of the greats who have performed the Ursanata trying to learn a little bit you know as we go as we age through this i hope you're all doing well thank you for your support if you want to learn more about what i'm up to at any time i don't know follow me on instagram who cares just go to friendlyrich.com and let's live a little bit enjoy your day bye